life will always be messy. It's what you do with it when you're in the mess that counts. You are listening to the Synergy Women podcast, brought to you by women's resilience coach, Nikki Hamilton. Nikki offers expertise in women's health and has an inspiring passion for helping women navigate through grief and life's challenges to help transform and build resilience with grace, courage, and authenticity. Each episode, she will explore an aspect of women's health, offering you insights on ways to build your body, your mind, and your heart health to help you rise up with resilience. In this episode, we will explore mind and body health for women. As a physiotherapist and a yoga teacher, Nikki has both passion and expertise to help you with your health. So welcome everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. My name is Nikki Hamilton and I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you all about when the festive season is a challenge. Now, not everyone is joyous at Christmas. Now, some people love the festivities and leap in and put the tinsel everywhere and put their bauble earrings in and get all excited with the festive season. But there are many people amongst us that in actual fact find this season actually much harder. It could be the instance of family separation, uh, grief or loss when family members are no longer with us. It can be difficult for people who have had a challenging year, perhaps with their health or their finances or their career or their relationships. So if you've been having a challenging year, if you've lost somebody, a family member or a close friend, or you're navigating a separation and you're finding this particular festive season a little more challenging, then this podcast is for you. Now, I, I can understand that really we all want Christmas to be festive. It's supposed to be festive, right? But there are a few problems with Christmas being a, a time of festivity for people. The first problem that I can see is in actual fact, it creates a really stark contrast if you're not feeling so festive. So in actual fact, if you're navigating a challenge or sadness or grief or loss, this can be a challenge on any day, right? We can all agree that on any day, that can be something that's hard to contend with. But during the festive season, suddenly you're surrounded by people who are uh, extra excited. You see movies and ads on TV and the radio of happy family moments. And suddenly the contrast of where they appear to be and where you are in your life creates a great big gulf and a big, big divide, which suddenly makes it much more challenging to navigate. And in actual fact, this is uh, very well explained by Tony Robbins, who talks about what we call a blueprint. Uh, so a blueprint is what we expect our life to be. So we have an image in our mind of what our family might be or what our relationships might be or what our job might be or our um, finances might be or our health. Or We have these images in our mind of, of, of what we expect our life to be, and he calls it the blueprint. And in actual fact, the reality may not meet our blueprint. And there might be just small changes that need to be made to match your expectations with your blueprint. But in actual fact, I find for many people at Christmas, that blueprint, when your expectations are well away from the blueprint, that great big divide, that big distance, the, the further apart these two places are, the greater stress and anxiety that people will feel throughout the festive season. So like I said, one of the biggest problems that I see is a big contrast that can happen with 
all of the advertising and all of the people around you that suddenly appear like they're having the best life ever and you're feeling uh, even more isolated and uh, probably more alone as a result of that uh, stress or that anxiety or that feeling of, of contrast. So that's the first problem, the stark contrast. The second problem uh, I think that can occur over the festive season is that we have expectations on others that can fall short and we you know, we can feel like people let us down. Like, you know, we expect maybe our parents shouldn't be arguing at Christmas. Why don't they stop arguing? Can't we just have a nice day? Uh, perhaps we expect our kids to behave in a certain way and these are our expectations and they're falling short because things aren't coming into exactly how I plan them. Or perhaps we have certain expectations of our partners and when that falls short, those expectations and what's actually happening when it falls short, those expectations can create a problem with our own, within our own mindset and within our own ability to cope with the, with the festive season. So the first problem is the contrast of how you're feeling, comparing it to others. Second problem is your expectations on others can fall short, whether it's your partner or your kids or your family. The third thing is the expectations that other people have on us. Um, you know, we're supposed to be able to run around to um, support everybody on their Christmas journey to provide the perfect party or, you know, a wonderful meal or uh, gifts and, and shopping or whatever it is that other people expect of us. And we find ourselves running around to a complete point of depletion to please other people and meet their expectations, which is the third problem that happens during the festive season. So we have a stark contrast of how we feel and how others look like they're feeling. We have a stark problem with the expectations that we have on others. You know, when they fall short, we're not happy with this. And then we run ourselves to the point of depletion because of the expectations that we feel that others have on us. And these are the three things that can mean that the festive season becomes more challenging. And I can certainly recall in my own journey times leading up to Christmas, I was actually quite filled with anxiety because it was a big family expectation and it was a big family event and how was I going to navigate this? And everybody having happy family moments when you're struggling through the festive season can actually be a really great big challenge. So the rest of the tips in this podcast are really uh, sending them out there for you. So the first tips that I can give you if you're having a challenging experience or having difficulty coping with the festive season, the first thing, your ability to cope and the resilience that you have within yourself really start with small steps in self-care. And I, I, I explain this many times over, but I always talk about the, the pyramid base. So if you can imagine the pyramids of Egypt, they never fall down because the base is really wide and stable. And if you can create a bit of a stable, wide base for yourself with three main key pillars, it just means your capacity to cope and to have resilience and to mean that you're not knocked flat uh, by the things that come your way uh, is improved with these three main pillars. And these three pillars are your body health, your mind health, and your heart health. So for your body health, the really basic things that you can do over this festive season to look after your body health is limit your alcohol intake and make sure you have four alcohol-free days a week. That's one really key tip. The reason is not only is it great for your liver, it's great for your mind and your brain health. It's also great for your sleep health because if you drink, your cap your capacity for your body to get into a deep sleep at nighttime uh, is, is not efficient and so you don't have a deep sleep and that restorative phase of sleep is missed. So you wake up tired and crabby and then you can't cope anyway. So limit your alcohol. 
Have a regular bed and waking time to improve your sleep health as best you can. Drink water and make sure you look after your nutrition. So nutrition means making sure you're not eating packaged food or sugary food or food that's unhealthy. Shop around the outside aisles of the supermarket is one of my favorite tips getting some exercise now morning is the best time to exercise really because your motivation's at its highest so if you can just get into a routine of just going for a 20 minute walk in the morning or having a stretch or doing some yoga even putting on your favorite song and having a dance whatever it is that can get your heart rate up to get a little bit of exercise in is one key thing to get your body health moving so that's one part of the pyramid base the other part of the pyramid base is of course your mind health uh, and there are really just a couple of things that you can do to improve your mind health uh, throughout the festive season. So mind health includes your ability to manage stress, your mindset, your self-talk. So I cover a lot of this uh, in my online programs and also on retreat. But the one tip that I'll give you now is to make sure that you get present with some mindfulness, with what's going on around you, rather than spending a lot of time buying presents. So, so your presence with other people, your capacity to sit with them, have a conversation, turn off your devices, is far more important than buying presents. So being present is more important than buying presents at Christmas. So if you can simply be present with people, in actual fact, it's really, really great for your mind health because it brings you back to the present moment. Really commonly when our mind health is suffering is because our brain is swinging from past worries or regrets and then future fears. So we, we worry about the future, we ruminate and regret the past and we ping pong from the past to the future without actually being present for a moment in what is. So if you can simply have some short moments of mindfulness presence with the people that are around you, that's one really great way of uh, improving your mind health over the Christmas period. So short moments of mindfulness will also help and getting into nature is one way of doing that. So just having a walk through the trees, out on the beach, get your feet in the sand, Feeling uh, with your senses to be able to help anchor you in the present moment is a really nice tip. Uh, another way of getting present is you know, lying on the lounge room floor listening to some music for five minutes. So your senses, your hearing, your sense of touch, your taste, these are all ways of being able to anchor yourself in the now. And if you just spend a few short moments of mindfulness presence, in each day, uh, then in, ess in essence, it'll help you with your mind health. So that's one way to navigate and to help build on that pyramid base. Now, the third pillar, of course, is your heart health. One of the things that I often share uh, with uh, women that I'm working with around uh, navigating grief at this time of year uh, is to learn to surrender and accept your feelings. I mean, very often when we're feeling uh, a depleting emotion, so a, a depleting emotion could be grief or sadness or despair or even anger or resentment, these depleting emotions are pretty uncomfortable feelings. None of us enjoy ex or ex enjoy experiencing these emotions. And we, we often become reactive to them in that we run away from them or we try to hide from them or we drown them in our sorrows, try and numb them. Uh, in actual fact, that only numbs your joy as well. So it's not a really a, a great coping mechanism. The best way to manage your heart space if you're navigating these depleting emotions is to spend some time each day, if you can, simply surrendering and allowing yourself to experience what is, which might mean you need to lie down on the grass and look at the clouds for five minutes, take some slow breaths into the heart space and just simply name how you feel. I feel sad today, or I feel grief today, or I feel resentful today. And just allow it to be without needing to fix or to change it. 
Accepting feelings, lying down and relaxing with them uh, is one way of helping your heart health because what we discover when we do that, in actual fact, as uncomfortable as it is, these feelings do actually pass and they teach us something. So allowing yourself that moment, if you can, to open your heart space to that is one way of navigating those depleting emotions. The other part of uh, helping your heart health, in actual fact, is finding a little piece of what brings you joy. And for you, it could be anything. It could be painting. It could be cooking. It could be writing. Uh, it could be dancing in your lounge room. What, what is it that brings you joy, that brings a smile to your face, that you, makes you feel more like yourself? And make sure you dedicate some time to that over the Christmas period because often we spend so much time uh, pleasing others and running around to different social events perhaps and trying to put a mask on to pretend everything's okay when we're not really okay uh, without dedicating time to the things that we love most. So if you can dedicate some time to what you love, it will help your heart space, which is part of that pyramid base. The other thing that can help your heart space, of course, uh, throughout the festive season is kindness. When you give out kindness, it ricochets back. So if you are having a challenging time with depleting emotions and uh, you're, you're finding that the festive season is you know, a big challenge for yourself and you're not coping well, uh, a small piece of kindness to a stranger, a kindness to a friend or a family member, if you can give out kindness, like I said, it will often uh, ricochet back. Don't go away. We've got more Synergy Women coming up. But first, let's take a quick break. Now, do you have a friend or a loved one who's been going through a really challenging year and you just know that they'd benefit from four days of time out on retreat dedicated just to them to help them build resilience to navigate life's challenges? You can go to the Synergy Women website, synergywomen.com.au and contact us as we're now offering gift vouchers for our next year's retreats that sell out quickly. So once you've taken small steps to look after the what I call the pyramid base of resilience, which means your it doesn't change your external circumstances, but it just means that your capacity to navigate and cope is uh, a little more resilient. The next steps in trying to navigate the festive season when you find it a challenge is to manage your expectations and reality. Now, I've already talked to you about what I, what I call or what Tony Robbins would call the blueprint. So the blueprint is your expectations of what your life should be. Uh, so if I expect that my life should be that I'm a billionaire living on a yacht with Kanye West and I'm not doing any of those things and I'm you know living on the Sunshine Coast and I'm not on a yacht and I'm not a billionaire, then, then the, the big discrepancy between my reality and my expectations can leave me in a place of stress or anxiety. And so the bigger that distance, the greater discomfort that you're going to have. So there's two things really that need to happen. Firstly, is that you might need to adjust uh, your expectations. Uh, so, so your expectations, like I said, if you're expecting to live like a billionaire on a yacht with Kanye West, you know, maybe your expectations are probably a bit unrealistic. The other part of bridging that divide and making that divide smaller is taking small steps to adjust your own reality, which might be, look, I do need to take some steps with my own health and make sure my health is matching what I expect my life should look like, or that my relationships, maybe I need to take time to have an open-hearted courageous um, but strong conversation with somebody 
to be able to build bridges or heal a relationship or, or perhaps I need to move my reality in that I actually need to get a bit clearer with saving money and, and, and being very clear on my finances because I thought I was going to be a billionaire when I was 22 and I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm being funny. But in actual fact, sometimes your expectations are a bit of a motivator and so sometimes you can take small steps in, a, in adjusting your reality but more often it's about adjusting your expectations and that's not to say that you need to be disappointed with your life or let down or kind of negative about it it's it's learning to accept what is how your life is with grace and gratitude so look around at the picture of life that you have what do you love about your life where am i there's nothing to fix or change Life is sad and uplifting. It's kind and it's cruel. It's hard and it's smooth. It's heartbreaking and it's heart opening. Life is messy. It's all of those things all at once. And if you can accept that it's all of those things all at once uh, and learn in a way to sit in the middle all of that, of all of that, and still learn to give out in a way that helps yourself and others, in a way that shines out with grace and gratitude, uh, then you're navigating pretty well. And there's a, a really great uh, statement that I read by the author of The Resilience Project, and I'll read it out to you. Life will always be messy. It's what you do with it when you're in the mess that counts. So that feeling that, you know, everything's hard, it's heartbreaking, but it's also heart opening. Life is a kaleidoscope of all of these things that jumble in together. It's all contrasts and it will always be messy. It's what you do with it when you're in the mess that counts. I quite like that, uh, that statement. I think it really sums up how people often navigate throughout their way throughout the festive season. So the, the next step, uh, so we, we've, we've talked about building your resilience, adjusting your expectations, maybe you're adjusting your reality in small steps as best you can and accepting that life is a combination of messiness and clarity and heartbreak and heart open and, and all of these things jumbled together uh, that forms the picture of our lives. But the next step, I think, and this is really dedicated for those of you who are traveling grief or loss during this period of time, uh, there's a few key things that I wanna share with you here. And the first key thing is, I think during the Christmas period, it's really important if you can to simply acknowledge your loved one. So if you have someone that's passed uh, throughout this year, uh, it is often a really common experience that the people around you are a little bit afraid of how to navigate conversations with you. And I certainly had this throughout my own journey. And my husband and I uh, navigated this uh, many times over throughout our uh, journey after the passing of our son. But people are often afraid uh, to have a conversation with you or acknowledge that you've lost someone. The reason they're afraid is that they've never learnt the skills in how to help someone who is grieving. And I think we can all agree that in actual fact, if I were to have a heart attack on the road, that there would probably be 20 people around that would know what to do if I was having a heart attack. They'd all know how to apply CPR. If I broke my leg, someone would know what to do. In fact, you'd probably know what to do. Something basic, call an ambulance, make sure I'm not bleeding. 
you know, you'd, you'd know the basics of CPR, you'd know the basics of first aid, but I think we can all agree that when someone navigates a loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a friend, a loss of a partner or a, or a parent or a son or a daughter, um, most people are left kind of dumbfounded of like, I'm not sure how to help here. I'm not sure what to do. And that partly comes down to our society not being taught. So I don't think we can uh, be upset at others for them saying or doing the wrong things around the festive season when you've lost someone. So I would encourage you, if you're in that situation at the moment, to certainly hold some empathy for those around you who are doing their best to navigate because they really don't know what to say. Uh, and I think the, the, the best card that I received from somebody uh, throughout our loss was the words were, I really have no words. I, I wish I could say something, but I, I have no words and I'm just sending you all my love. So these are the problems that people around us will have. And what we need to do in these circumstances really is to guide them. So don't be afraid to, you know, if you're at the Christmas table and it's the first year that you've lost a partner or a family member, I know families that have actually set the table to include their one that's been lost. And I, I don't think that's a strange thing. I think it's a way of acknowledging or to light a candle on the table and say, look, this is to remember our parent or our loved one that we're missing. So to, to have some sort of form of acknowledgement, it gives other people permission to have a conversation with you because most people are just scared of what to say. So acknowledging, you know, I really want to honour my son or I really want to honour my my friend or my parent. And the way I'm gonna do that is by lighting a candle at the Christmas table this weekend, or by you know lighting a candle at nighttime, or giving them this gift, or writing them this card, or you know having a prayer around the family table, whatever it is that, you, uh, that lights you up, that makes you feel like your heart's still connected. Um, I encourage you to lead the way with that at a family occasion if you can. And it takes strength and it takes courage and, and it, 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 it means that you have to take a step even though it's scary, uh, but your courage in doing that will give people permission to support you, give people permission to also acknowledge your loss. So that's the first thing. First step, acknowledge your loved one. The next step that I would uh, encourage for those of you who are navigating grief or loss uh, at Christmas during the festive season is with what I call completing conversations. So completing conversations might mean that you buy a card or a notebook or a gift for the loved one that you've lost and simply uh, write them a letter. You can share whatever it is that's in your heart. It's a conversation that perhaps you didn't get to have. I suggest writing as much as you need. And at the end of that, I really suggest that you finish that conversation with uh, some thank yous. So thank you and I love you are really wonderful ways of being able to end a conversation, whether it's in a card or a notebook, whatever it is that you choose. So choosing a card or a gift and making sure you end that conversation or whatever you write with the words thank you is a beautiful way of being able to honor and share the Christmas journey with your loved one in a in a distant way. The third tip that I would recommend for people who are navigating grief and loss throughout the Christmas period is to see if you can have some quiet time to yourself. I mean the festive season can really be quite chaotic and very frantic and most people who are navigating grief it's a period of stillness is grief. 
And that stillness when you're navigating it and you to try and keep up with others will feel like you're walking through mud and you'll feel like you're overwhelmed because you just can't keep up with the frantic pace. So I highly recommend to try and recharge your batteries as best you can is to simply dedicate some quiet time each day. And even if you can have a moment of remembrance and the way I like to picture this is if you can imagine the world around you as a cyclone, if you can simply stand at the eye of the storm and take a breath there before you enter or exit any other kind of social occasions where you feel pressured, taking small moments in the eye of the storm where you can find complete stillness is a really great way of being able to recharge your batteries and make sure that you don't uh, reach a point where you're too depleted. Um, now, there's many different ways that you can take a moment for yourself. Uh, for me, each day I take a moment. I light an incense for my son and I have a cup of coffee in the back garden with my husband. And we just have five minutes of quiet time. And that's like a daily thing that we do. But for Christmas, it's really probably a little bit more of a special occasion for a lot of people. And you might find that you need to take an extra special moment for yourself. Uh, what I have done in previous years is to get some flowers and uh, take a walk on the beach and I leave the flowers on the beach. It's just uh, my little memento that I, that I leave and it's a small moment that I have uh, before the rest of Christmas Day starts. But there are plenty of other ideas. You can plant a, a tree, plant a flower, uh, say a prayer, get out into nature, maybe climb a mountain or even honour your loved one by giving to a charity giving out some kindness somewhere. And so all of these little tips of honoring and taking short sort of quiet moments of remembrance mean that you have a tank that's um, not at a point of depletion, that you refill your tank as best you can. So those steps, like I said, for grief and loss, acknowledge your loved one around others. It gives them permission to support you. Uh, write yourself a completing conversation, so a, a card or a gift or something to your loved one and end it with the words, thank you, I love you. And then take a few quiet moments for yourself whenever you need them and do something to honor your loved one in those quiet moments in whatever way that you choose, whether it's a prayer, charity, climbing a mountain, planting a tree. Uh, there's lots of different ways and um, you're, you're limited only by your imagination as to what you want to do. So the tips for, for, for Christmas, uh, for those of you that are navigating uh, a, you know, a challenging time at Christmas, uh, the tips that I can share, accept what is without expectation and allowing things to to be as they are without needing to fix or change them is one way to remain in the present moment and filled with grace and gratitude rather than constantly feeling like you're not meeting someone else's expectations or that you're or they're not meeting yours accepting what is that's the first step the next thing is to honor your loved one and those that have passed and give thanks uh, to them for your journey with them. And the way I like to uh, describe this image that I will often have in periods where I feel overwhelmed by the challenges that can surround us, because I think we can all agree it's been a pretty challenging year for a lot of people. But the way I like to navigate uh, any kind of challenge is to visualize myself a candle flame and if you can visualize that candle flame uh, lies within you and within your heart space, and if you can turn up the brightness of that and shine it out, and shine it out with courage and grace and authenticity, allow it to be, 
And whatever surrounding storm is around you, whether it's a cyclone, whether it's a storm, whether it's thunder and lightning, all of the surrounding wind around you, allow your candle flame to simply be unruffled by that. It's not going to waver. It's going to continue to shine out brightly despite the surrounding storm. And with that candle, your kindness can help you remain open. Your heart can remain steady and radiate out. So Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you all have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas. Thank you so much for listening over the last episodes. I've really enjoyed spending the time with you all and sharing what I believe are the key essential tips in building resilience to navigate life challenges. If you like what you've heard, it'd be great if you could rate and review this podcast from wherever you are listening. And don't forget to click subscribe so you'll be notified when we release our next episode.